another episode of the Speak Real podcast, sharing one-on-one conversations. We believe that storytelling is the best way to empower youth and give them the platform to find their voices. Presented by Youth Speak. Youth experience, youth voice, youth empowered. Welcome back to another episode of the Speak Real podcast. I am here with my good friend, Sarah, uh, who I've known now for actually a very long time, which is really cool. So I love doing this with people I actually consider my friends as well, because it's a lot of fun. Uh, We are going to be talking about uh, mental health and teenage years. I know it's something that's especially relevant in this day and age, uh, because there are a lot of youth and teens uh, going through a lot of uh, difficult times, especially uh, with everything going on and lockdowns and not knowing what's next. Uh, so with that, I want to give uh, Sarah the floor a little bit to share a bit of your story. Um, sure. So not to go into things too, too much, but um, I basically, I think ever since I was a like young child, I've always suffered with mental health issues. And I grew up in a household where there was just a lot of chaos, a lot of fighting. Uh, I had addiction in my family and um, it was one of my siblings that was suffering with addiction. And she was about 11 years older than me. So I have a younger brother and I had two older sisters and me and my brother, when we were really little, my sisters were teenagers. So while they were going through all their teenage stuff, Um, I witnessed a lot at a very young age and a lot of it was just um, pretty chaotic, pretty confusing. And by the time I was in high school, my, um, my mental health really started to deteriorate. And I would say more towards the end of high school, Um, even though it was still always there, I was still always struggling. I would say it was more the end of high school where it got kind of really bad and then into post-secondary. So yeah, Literally throughout my life, the ups, the downs, it's been something that I've consistently had to work at. Even to this day, I have to like, pretty like actively work on my mental health, um, something I have to keep in check. And I ended up getting a diagnosis. I ended up getting help from the hospitals, um, help from doctors, help from family and friends. And I have a really good support system now. It's, um, it's been quite the journey, but today I would say I'm very happy and yeah, I, I manage it very well. Yeah, that's awesome. And knowing you for as long as I have, I can say that you do manage it amazingly. And uh, you are extremely strong. Uh, and it's been, yeah, I love I love hearing your story. And I know uh, the strength it takes, uh, especially hearing your full story and knowing your full story. Uh, you've been a great influence on me as I know you've been a great influence on other people. Oh, I feel the exact same way about you, Alex. That's awesome. Awesome. Thank you. That's oh, that's so nice. So I'll go into my story a bit too. Um, so I st- also at a very young age started experiencing uh, anxiety. Uh, I always said I didn't really have a name for it. Uh, I just knew that I felt sick every day, especially before school. Um, so that was something that was really difficult because I didn't have a name for what was going on. Uh, and I was also uh, very, very, very uh, sad for a very long time and that led to a diagnosis of depression at a young age as well um, as well as dealing with uh, just the normal stuff with uh, being uh, neurodivergent and being autistic uh, I had a whole lot on my plate at a young age as well as even now but I know how to deal with it I know when to reach out to uh, people when I don't feel like myself and um, 
I definitely know uh, a lot of better, a lot better coping tools uh, as I've gotten older and uh, I definitely feel a lot better. Uh, so I think that's one thing I want to leave uh, my story with is that there is uh, a light at the end of the tunnel and there is hope. I remember, especially when I was younger, people would tell me that it gets better and I'd kind of scoff at that and laugh at that and say, oh yeah, it gets better. Ha ha. Everyone says that, but it really does get better. And I know that now. And uh, I want to leave you with that. I was that person who laughed at it gets better, but it really, really, really does get better. Awesome. Yes. So with that, I want to uh, ask what is one thing that stands out the most about your teenage years? I know that you had a lot of, um, a lot of difficult circumstances going on in your life. Um, and I know that, um, it's kind of up and down. Uh, what were some things that stood out? Uh, it can be either good or bad. Yeah. So basically, I wanted to first say some good things that stood out to me in high school. Um, so even though I was dealing with mental health issues, I had really, really good friends. And not necessarily that I opened up to them about my issues. Uh, I was almost like embarrassed but I still had really good friends and I had a lot of fun with them. And I remember doing a lot of, like I was in a lot of extracurriculars. I played basketball. I was on the dance team. Uh, I was in the talent show every single year. And I did a lot of things that were very positive. Um, but another thing that stands out to me was the home situation. That was when things were also really, really, really bad at home. So I would kind of go to school and try and like escape into my friend's world and kind of the school world. And I actually really excelled in school. I had very good grades and everything seemed great, which is why sometimes it's not always the kids that are obviously struggling. Um, sometimes it's the kids that seem to have, have their stuff together, but I actually didn't. I'd go home and I'd cry and I would deal with this whole other world that other people didn't know about. So. Both of those things stand out to me. The home life stands out to me, but having a lot of fun at school also really stands out to me as well. Mostly, I'd say, when I think of high school, I think of, like, good friends. Yeah, and it's, you hear a lot that it is, school can be such a safe place for people and can be like a sanctuary because that's where all their friends are and all the things that they love are. Um, I know for me, things that stood out during my teenage years um, we're definitely the good moments were uh, always in the locker room with teammates. Um, I love playing sports growing up. So I have a lot of good memories in locker rooms with my friends and uh, just being on the ice. Uh, some things that were a little bit more difficult. Um, I'd say we're just trying to make friends. I had a lot of difficulty making friends as a kid. Um, I, I got better at that luckily as I got older. Uh, but that stood out was I remember I felt um, a little bit lonely uh, as I was growing up, but uh, I started to gain confidence and I started to become my own best friend uh, and those lonely feelings started to get better. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely I relate to school to some degree because uh, I remember my lunches I spent in the band room with my friends uh, and that was my safe place as well. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So and, like I, you were, like just, you were saying, just saying, sorry, Alex. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, about how like sometimes you struggled to make friends in school. 
mm-hmm. I even had like a similar struggle as well. It was just the friends that I did have, I had maybe like two or three really close friends and that's who I kind of stuck to. Uh, I did at times share that like experience with you where I had a hard time making friends with maybe other kids. It was more just my close-knit yeah. circle and I got scared to go outside of my circle. Yeah, I was the same way. I kind of just, I stuck to my circle because they were really nice to me and I liked yeah. to hang out with them. They were interesting, right? Yeah. Yes, I I can completely relate to that. Um, and I still have like, I wouldn't say I have the biggest friend group in the world, but my friends that I have are like really, really good friends. And I know that they're going to be with me probably uh, for the rest of my life. So it's really cool. Yeah. And it's good to have quality friends. And they're also your support system too, right? Absolutely. And I've noticed, uh, especially my friend group and uh, kind of choosing my friend group closely has made a huge impact in my mental health Mm -hmm. and in my life. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So what are some, uh, some of the challenges that you faced when you discovered you were having trouble with your mental health while you were growing up? So some of the challenges I would say that I faced um, was opening up about it. I didn't understand what depression was, um, but I knew I felt it. And like you mentioned earlier about anxiety, you didn't really have a name for it. I just knew a lot of the time I'm nervous. I have that gut feeling in my stomach. Sometimes I'm really, really sad and I cry at night and all these things. And um, the biggest challenge would have been talking to someone about it because uh, even my parents, it wasn't really something I wanted to like burden them, sorry, for lack of a better word. I felt like I was burdening them if I was to tell them any of these things. Plus I had other siblings going through their own problems. And the, yeah, the biggest challenge I had was literally talking about it, finding someone I felt comfortable with saying something, which obviously now I know that I could have, but um, at times I didn't get the response I wanted and that would completely shut me down. And I felt like once one person kind of brushed it off or dismissed it, I didn't want to ever talk about it again. Yeah, and I can totally relate to that. Um, That's actually one of my biggest challenges too, was I had a brother, a younger sibling, uh, and he is, he's one of my best friends in the entire world. Uh, and I felt incredibly selfish because he was going through stuff and he still goes through stuff, but he was going through stuff at the time. Um, and I felt like I was taking up all of my parents' attention and I was taking up all of their, uh, energy. And I felt like he was being left in the dust. So I think those feelings of, um, I think guiltiness and being a burden, I've lifted those off my shoulders now. Um, but I think that was something that I really, really dealt with, uh, and still, I struggle with sometimes to this day too, feelings like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I like what you said about guilt, because that kind of is the feeling I felt guilty to say anything else. And in my family, there was four of us, four kids. So you don't want to like have the light shining on you as all your parents' attention is to help you fix your issues. You don't want to be that maybe that child that has to do that so yeah I know what you mean yeah I totally get that you you never want to take away attention when you know another sibling is struggling too yeah yeah so I want to know um do you also think that going through puberty had an effect on your mental health 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, hormones play a role no matter what. Um, you're also, while you're going through puberty, you're finding yourself in a, you're the small fish in a big pond instead of the big fish in a small pond. Suddenly you go into high school and it's a completely different world. Um, I also was sick a lot of the time in school. Like later on, I ended up being diagnosed with something called celiac disease, which is, uh, it's a gluten, I could say it's a gluten allergy without explaining too much what it is, but I was sick a lot. So a lot of the time, my, the going through puber puberty and having all these other weird changes with my body also being sick um, definitely contributed to mental health issues. Plus even comparing yourself with other people who maybe are going through puberty faster than you, or you haven't caught up with them or stuff like that, that all definitely had an effect. Yeah, for sure. And I think there's a lot of like pressure, especially as you hit your teenage years. Um, and there's a lot of like, you have to look a certain way, you have to be a certain way, you have to dress mm -hmm. a certain way, you have to do your hair a certain way, you have to be cool enough for this. Um, and I think that especially as you go through through puberty, those pressures kind of get bigger and bigger. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know for myself, like puberty was a huge trigger for me because I was dealing with all that on top of uh, being transgender as well. So I was watching my body develop into a body that I knew wasn't my actual body or what it was supposed to be. Yeah, yeah it was a unique, it was a unique situation. So I was basically watching my body develop into uh, a version of myself that I knew wasn't actually myself uh, while trying to battle depression, anxiety, on top of this other anxiety and this new demon that I was battling. So it was a lot at a very, very young age. Yeah. Wow. You're trying to learn how to accept yourself and then your body's going through all these changes that you don't accept. Wow. That must've been difficult. Exactly. Yeah. It was, um, it was definitely an experience. Uh, it's not an experience that I would wish on anyone, but anyone who is transgender uh, and has gone through puberty knows how unique an experience it is. Right. Uh, grateful for it because it made me the man I am today and it may allowed me to grow. Um, but yeah, it's a very unique experience and a very unique uh, perspective. And with that um, comes coping techniques and coping skills. Uh, so I, I use a lot of those uh, on a daily basis. And I started that very young as a teenager. Uh, I don't know about you, if you had any coping tools, but what are some of your favorite coping tools that you used specifically if you have some that you used as a teenager? Yeah. Um... So I, it's kind of different now. I have some coping skills that are the same, some that are very different. Music and dance was always my, I'd say, first first coping skill. I still even remember, like, this was a consistent thing every night where sometimes I'd go home at night, I'd cry myself to sleep, but I would put my headphones on and fall asleep to music. And every single day I had to listen to music. There couldn't be a day went by that I didn't listen to music. And um, music can also be a bit triggering <laughs> depending on what you're listening to, but um, sometimes it helped me to release emotions. And then when it came to dance, it helped me almost move emotions through my body. Also, music is a part of dance. So that was just like a huge thing for me. Every year I was in the talent show for dance. Um, so that, that was probably my main coping skill. I also enjoyed playing basketball. I was on the basketball team. Um, I enjoyed hanging out with friends. I always enjoyed art. 
today I still do art stuff. I like to paint rocks. <laughs> um, today I would say I enjoy reading and bike riding and writing, but in high school it was mostly music, dance, and yeah, basketball. Yeah, I was I was very similar in high school too. Music and I was especially into um, playing in band and. I had yeah. a band in high school and I loved, I loved music. It was a huge release for me. Uh, and I always say in my presentations, especially that uh, music is kind of like, especially songwriting, it's kind of like a diary. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. it personally for yourself, or you can release it to the world and maybe someone will uh, relate to you, which is really cool because you're touching someone without even knowing it. Yeah, no, that's, that's really cool. I, now that you just brought that up, I totally remember being little and writing writing my own songs and singing my songs and thinking one day I'll be a pop star. <laughs> but it was I don't so lose the same. <laughs> those, those times where you perform in front of your mirror with the hairbrush. Yeah. I had a, um, I had a uh, plat, like a kind of reading nook and I used to take the like little reading nook platform off and I'd use it as a stage and I'd <laughs> like, perform and pretend like I no one else like I was in a huge arena even though it was just me and like, a chair but like it was yeah. awesome that's awesome what what uh instrument did you play Alex oh uh see I was uh, my my air instrument I was always the uh, air vocalist uh whenever I put on music it was always like I'd have uh, I wouldn't even have a brush it would be like I had, that's the funniest thing, because I've always sung, I've always played guitar, so I had actual microphones, I just wouldn't plug them in. So right. I just pretend like I was singing along to the music and I'd lip sync and stuff like that. What was your, tell me your instrument of choice, your dance, dance instrument of choice, air instrument of choice, if you yeah. will. So, um, well, when I was in band, I played clarinet, but I wasn't dancing to the clarinet or nothing. <laughs> But uh, that's what I played in band. Um, I have, I had both a violin and a guitar. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, unfortunately, I never really stuck with it too much. Lately, I actually took out my guitar and I'm trying to like get back into that. But um, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> it's so much easier to retain things when you're younger, but I'm trying to pick that back up. Yeah, and honestly, like, it. I think you should keep at it because... Uh... The brain can completely rewire itself and it's oh, yeah. that's the best part it's like i've been learning so much stuff since COVID hit like i've been going doing i did online classes at the very beginning so it's learning a lot there but now i'm just doing it learning for fun uh because yeah. there's nothing else to do so i'll pick up like um i'll go to different uh websites i'll read different articles um and I think like, especially stuff like instruments right now is especially soothing and it can really help, uh, especially when you're feeling heightened anxiety. I think music is a very underappreciated tool that we have uh, mm -hmm. as, as humans. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And actually, now that you're mentioning like throughout the pandemic, learning new things, um, I think I said it earlier that I've been rock painting, like painting rocks yeah tell me about that please oh my gosh it's so fun it's so cool so basically i'll go to say i don't know the lake shore or something and i'll get a bunch of rocks bring them home clean them off paint them and then just do a whole bunch of designs here i'm actually i don't know if you can see that whoa oh my gosh that's so cool 
Yeah, so that's something I picked up this year. And it's fun because it's a really creative outlet. They're all different and you can give them as gifts to people. So I've given away so many rocks. Plus, that's amazing. I'm going to go back to the lakeshore and just put them in random spots so people can find them. Like I wanted to leave like little inspirational notes on them and then just like leave them in random spots. And it's like, hey, whoever finds it, find it. You should. Yeah. I think that's, and that's such a good way to brighten someone else's day too. Absolutely. I know, like, especially uh, like in urban areas, people are getting out more and going out to the lake shores mm -hmm. more and experiencing nature and enjoying nature. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a good way to kind of brighten someone's day. And I hope that that inspired someone to do the same thing and maybe leave yeah. a little. Yeah, like if anyone's out there listening, isn't that such a good way to like give back something good, right? If someone was having a really bad day and decided to go look at the water just to, you know, try and diffuse those feelings of depression and you found something like a rock that's inspirational, that's, I just feel like that's something that would be good. So yeah, for anyone out there, you can, you could do something like that too. And that is, that rock is so cool. I love yeah. your artwork. <laughs> Awesome. So what is something that you wish someone had told you when you were facing mental health struggles as a teen? Uh, well, I wish that it was more like now people are talking about mental health more. So I just wish back then maybe we had some type of organization just like you speak that came in and spoke to us to let us know that it's okay to talk about these things. These things are normal. And if you feel this way, there's people you can talk to. I didn't know any of that. Um, yeah, I just wish there was more education around mental health at that time. Yeah, yeah and we've discussed that multiple times, um, that it's it's really, really difficult when, um, sorry, hang on, let me exit my WhatsApp. <laughs> Jeez. Y'all, get off work. <laughs> Love y'all, but they work too hard. Um, okay. What was the question again? Uh, what are some actions that someone did? Oh, because I was talking about when we were younger. Um, um, there wasn't really any mental health organizations coming in and talking to us about anything like that. Right. So I didn't feel like I could say anything. Yes, yes. And we've we've talked about that a few times that uh, when we were growing up, we really didn't have anyone in our high schools who came in and did this stuff. Um, and it would have been really, really beneficial to us to know that there were people who did go through. Because I know in high school, especially, like you feel so isolated and you're like, oh, no one else goes through this. It's only me. But like, yeah, people you feel like embarrassed. I yeah, feel like, am I a person for yeah, like, and that's the thing. There's so many people, even your classmates, right, that are probably going through the same thing and are equally as embarrassed to talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know, especially like you, uh, an organization like you speak kind of opens up that dialogue and helps a lot of people open up about uh, some difficulties and some difficult topics. So yeah. Yeah. Quick little plug there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are some uh, actions? I know that especially when I, like when I was going through stuff, there was a lot of stuff that people did. Um, I had people reach out to me when they knew that it was a difficult time in the year. Um, I had a lot of people uh, reach out with birthday cards, uh, even just remembering to say happy birthday or remembering when something special yeah. happened. Uh, it can be something as simple as that. And that really, really helped me when I was struggling. What are some things that really helped you when you were struggling that people did? 
So there's one specific thing. There's other things, but one specific example I'm going to give you because I just thought this was so nice. Um, one of my best friends, when I was going through like a really, really, really bad depression, and I was in one of those states where I was isolating from my friends. I didn't really want to talk to anyone. I kind of just wanted to be alone all the time, which is not healthy when you're depressed, but sometimes you just get into that funk. And she would come to my house every day and she would ring the doorbell and she knew that like, she, okay, I understand if you don't want to speak to me kind of thing. I didn't even have the energy to speak to, like there was nothing in me almost. Like I couldn't even speak if I wanted to. But she would ring the doorbell and she would leave an ice cap at, the, at my front door. And so when I'd open it, I would just have an ice cap because she knew that that was my favorite drink. And I always thought that that was so, so sweet that she actually thought to do something like that for me. That's she incredible. even acknowledged the fact that I might not want to speak to her in that moment, but that I would appreciate that really nice gesture. And it was something I still remember to this day. And that's the thing, something even, even knowing your friends that well and knowing, hey, maybe they're not up to talking. May I can do something that might make their day just a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's true. When people are really depressed, it's hard to even socialize. Like you really go into a dark place. And I appreciated that she understood that, that I don't hate you. I'm not mad at you. I just literally can't speak to anyone right now. I'm going through a lot. Yeah. And I know even when I was uh, living at home, my brother, when I was in a really dark place, he would just come into my room, knock on my door and say, Hey, yeah. you okay? and I'd be like, yeah, I'm all right. Like, I just don't want to talk. And he just, yeah. it, but knowing he was there, if I wanted to talk and knowing that he was willing to be an open ear for me was so helpful. Yeah. Just that little check-in. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. someone is there. Exactly. Uh, and with that, uh, speaking about struggles, keeping on that, uh, do you think the struggles that you kind of went through, the difficulties that you faced as a teen, how have helped shape you into the person that you are today? Yeah, absolutely. Everything you go through makes you who you are today. I can't pretend I don't have any regrets from when I was in high school. I do have some regrets. Um, but over the over time, I learned, A, I, I learned who my real friends were. I learned who I had in my circle. I learned more about myself. Um, I learned, obviously, about mental illness. And looking back, I can relate those to specific reasons and to specific things that were going on. Um, but I won't say I had absolutely no regrets. Um, I really wish I had have talked to someone if I had gotten maybe some help before I graduated. I wouldn't have gone to college three different times, which was okay. It still got accomplished, but I really struggled in college. Um, and I wish in high school I had got the help for it. So, but it all has definitely made me who I am today. Um, I just want to be able to tell younger kids who are in high school right now, get the help now, get it as soon as you can. Don't put it off. Don't wait. Your mental health is important and you should put yourself first and do what's best for you. Yeah, I fully agree. And I think um, reaching out, I think there's a lot of people who feel ashamed to talk to someone and go to a therapist. Um, and no matter what age you are, uh, there's no wrong time to find someone to talk to and someone whose advice is, as I always say, therapists are just a uh, neutral, neutral ground. They're a third party opinion where they don't, they know you, but they're not coming in from a friend perspective where they're going to give right. you an opinion that is kind of 
geared towards you. They're going to give you an honest opinion um, and they're there to help. And I think there is a lot of um, fear about especially going to a therapist because it's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know about this, but they're there to help you. And uh, there's no shame in reaching out and needing a third party opinion on stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And at certain times you might have like, like for me, for instance, uh, I need a psychiatrist as well because I need medication. And at one point I was exactly. very, no, I don't want to take medication. Like that's not for me. Um, even up till pretty recently, even up till last year, I was feeling weird about, oh my gosh, I have to be on medication for the rest of my life. Like what? <laughs> but then it's like, you had to get over that shame and realize that mental illness is also a health problem, just like any other part of the body. And if you need medication, it, you shouldn't feel embarrassed that you need it and you shouldn't feel ashamed. So there's different professionals that can help you in different ways. And uh, yeah, I, I wish I knew that in high school. Yeah, me too. And I wish I knew that um, there were different ways to reach out too. Like I remember um, when I went to a psychiatrist, I went through my family doctor and I didn't even know that was possible. I didn't even know where to start with any of that, right? Because <laughs> no one talks about it. Yeah, it's true. No one tells you how to do it. No one tells you if they tell you if you uh, bruise your knee, if you break a bone, you go to your doctor. But what happens when your mind doesn't feel right, when your mind feels like you don't feel like yourself? No one tells you how to get to uh, a doctor for your mind. And it's important that it's talked about. And that's the thing too, Alex. It's like, if you go to a doctor and they're not giving you what you need, you can go get a second opinion somewhere else. Because a lot of times, maybe a doctor will write it off as well and say, oh, it's just puberty. It's just hormones. You're fine. Exactly. Yeah. But it's okay to also go get a second opinion or go to someone else. Like if one person won't listen, somebody else will. And I had that experience firsthand. I actually had a psychiatrist uh, when I first came out as transgender uh, tell me I wasn't transgender because he uh, read a description online that didn't line up with exactly what I was presenting, even though I was presenting it. So I went right. yep. the second opinion. Uh, yep. As we can see, I'm living a very full, happy life uh, as a man, as the gender I am supposed to be. Uh, yep. So that doctor was incorrect. So it is important, especially to advocate for yourself if you feel like something yes. is going on. And I think it's important too that uh, it's almost encouraged that you seek a few opinions because you never know, right? Absolutely. Absolutely, Alex. Awesome. So I also want to, uh, going back to that uh, kind of topic, would you kind of go back in time if you could, if say you had a time machine, would you go back and change anything about your life? Um, or are you, are you kind of okay with how it went because of how you turned out now? Well, yes, I'm okay with how it went. Like I said earlier, I kind of just wish I had said something and got help a bit earlier. Um, maybe it would have made life more smooth, but life's a bumpy ride anyways. Life's a journey, so that's okay. Um, some, some unhealthy things I had done maybe at the end of grade 12. Um, I wish I had never kind of dabbled in that area, but... Uh, I can't take that back, but that could have something, well, I'll just tell you, using substances a bit in grade 12 uh, was something I wish I'd never done. Um, and if I could take that back, I truly would take that back. But everything else, things happen for a reason. And like we mentioned earlier, it is who I am today is because of all my experiences. So yeah, that's, that's, yeah. 
amazing. And I likewise, like, I also dabbled <laughs> at a young age in substances. So I wish I could take that back because um, it's definitely not the smart thing to do <laughs> in my life at this time, uh, especially as a young child, it was not a smart thing to do. Um, but we live and we learn, right? Um, so I've learned now that, you know, it shaped me, it made me who I am. Uh, it made me a uh, better person now uh, because I learned and I had to uh, work to overcome that. Uh, so I think that I'm really resilient now because of that. Um, but I wish that I hadn't done it in the first place because I saw how it affected my family. Um, I saw how it affected my health. Um, yeah. And now, especially as I get older, I see more and more now how it affected my family uh, because I'm seeing it through their eyes. So Absolutely. I think I would definitely take that back. Um, and I think probably some of the words I said to my loved ones at certain times as well. Yes. It was yes. very cruel, very cruel to loved ones when I was sick. Um, and even though I know it wasn't me, uh, I wish I could take that back and I wish I could have been a lot kinder to them. Yeah, that's absolutely exactly how I feel as well, Alex. Um, like, so, oh my gosh, to my parents, some of the things I said, the anger outbursts I would have, um, feeling like I'm being attacked all the time when I'm not being attacked. Just looking back, I can really see where my mental health was completely struggling and I was taking it out on other people. And yeah, I have a much, I have a really good relationship with my family now, but when I was younger, there was, um, there was issues there. And yeah, I wish I could take back a lot of things I said. Yeah. Only thing you can do now is try and be better and apologize and make amends and go forward and try and be better every day. I fully agree. What is some mental health advice that you would give to a teen that's struggling with their mental health right now? So a teen that's struggling with their mental health right now is the same advice I would have given to myself. Kind of what we've been talking about is tell someone if you can't tell your parents, because I know sometimes it's maybe hard to tell your parents or your parents don't understand, then talk to a teacher or talk to a school counselor. I'll give you one example. When I was younger and I tried to tell my mom what was going on and bless my mom. She's an amazing woman. She's really great. And she's helped me throughout this whole journey. Um, but I do remember one time trying to tell her I was depressed. And she said, I just bought you a new pair of shoes. How could you possibly be depressed? And I was like, oh no, now I'm ungrateful too. <laughs> so, so, and you know what I mean? And it was just, not understanding what depression is. So at that point, I wish I could have said, you know, told the teacher, told the counselor. So if, if there if there is any teenagers listening and you're struggling, talk to someone. And just like with the doctor thing, you can always get a second opinion. You can talk to one person. And if that's not being taken the way, what you're trying to express, you can talk to somebody else. Even if it's a friend, if you only feel comfortable talking to a friend, then talk to that friend. That's amazing advice. And I fully agree. I think my advice would be kind to yourself and be patient. Um, I think a lot of the time when we're feeling really, really bad, we want it to go away that minute. Um, but I think it's important to take a step back and realize that sometimes things can take time, uh, but we can use our coping tools and we can self-care to make the meantime a little bit easier and a little bit gentler and kinder.
Uh, so I think it would really be just take a step back and be kind to yourself uh, because being a teen is tricky. Uh, it's yep. not easy. It's one of the hardest times in life. Uh, and just being kind to yourself and knowing that uh, it does really get better uh, is some of the best advice that I'd be able to give. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, self-harcing is huge. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, and I think, especially now in times like these, um, knowing that there is hope and that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, at the end of the day is very, very important. Definitely, people gotta have hope. Exactly, awesome. So we, we could go on for hours uh, and I wish we could. <laughs> Uh, but that has been another episode of the Speak Real podcast. Uh, Sarah, it's been amazing. I'm excited to catch up after the podcast as well. <laughs> yes, thank you for having me. This is great. It's been amazing. Uh, so yeah, we will be back with another episode of the Speak Real podcast uh, next month. Uh, stay tuned and make sure that you speak real. If you want to hear more stories, don't forget to subscribe, comment, and like. To support more youth by youth-led projects, visit us at youthspeak.ca where you can donate and spread youth mental health awareness. Youth Speak Performance Charity. Speak. Inspire. Change. Thank you so much, and we will see you next time. Bye.